0: my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa.
1: Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability.
0: In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex,
1: but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. It was so sad because I had to say that intro without you here last week and it was just... Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wasn't the same, clearly. Just no one on the other side to say good. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I was really lonely. I honestly, I don't even know what I said. So hopefully that was Mm -hmm. an okay episode. I hope people are still listening to us after that one. That's hilarious. I'm sure you did great. (laughs) Thanks. Well, it's a beautiful day in Nashville. I'm a little sad. I'm not outside right now, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna get out right after this. What's it looking like over there in Seattle, Tacoma?
0: It's been a sad oh no couple days. I got back from Mexico oh, yeah, two days ago, and it was so it was the most perfect weather ever. It was just like, I call it like neutral weather where it's like it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's the oh. perfect temperature. There's a slight breeze, oh. so yeah, that was really hard to leave and come back to, like, I woke up the next morning here in Tacoma and it was like pouring rain, windy and cold. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. It's just...
1: That's a really hard
0: transition. (laughs) It's a hard transition. And I think we're all at the point in the spring where we're like, all right, it's been cold everywhere, I think, for the most part. Like, I think, you know, LA has been abnormally cold. It's been pretty chilly here. It's just been, it's been a long winter.
1: It has. And... Oh, the saddest thing that always happens every year in Nashville is it's a long winter. Taste. And then we get a little bit of spring with like what you're talking about, the most perfect weather. It's beautiful. And like a week later, it's so hot. You can't go outside. Oh, it gets hot. Oh, yeah. It does do the whole fake spring. Yeah. <laughs> but like our actual, once it is really spring and mm-hmm. it, we're all loving it, it lasts no time. And then it's so hot mm-hmm. that you like can't stop out. do So yeah. Not to complain. Yeah.
0: I remember living in the South and there were mm-hmm.
1: not very many nice days
0: in that time period. So I get that. Yeah.
1: Well, oh gosh, I would love to just talk to you about Mexico forever, but um, I'm glad you had fun.
0: Yes, it was fun. Oh,
1: I am dying to go to Cabo, so.
0: I have all the recommendations. We could do a yeah. whole podcast
1: episode on all okay. the, the restaurants. <laughs> What's your favorite one there? Oh, it's so hard.
0: I feel like the, I've never been somewhere out of the country where like the restaurants. Well, first of all, I love Mexican food. Like Mm -hmm. I could eat it every day for the rest of my life. But there's just so many good places anywhere from like a beach restaurant. That's not like high end, but they're like tortillas are amazing. And Mm -hmm. then you can go somewhere like really fancy. But there's a restaurant there that's famous called El Farallon and it's on a cliff on like the Pacific side of Cabo and it is the most beautiful view I've ever seen.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, it's not a a cheap place to go, but it's somewhere that's like a treat for sure. So you have to like gear up, but it's, um, that's amazing. So I- It sounds amazing. Yeah, love going there. And you got to go there. I Yes, it was like special occasion. Mm. Tomorrow's a
1: month, a month till I get married. So- Wow, that's crazy. I know. It's coming so soon. It's wild. Exciting stuff. Yep. Okay, I guess we can talk about deliverability, now. <laughs> which we like just as much. Yes, we sure do. So, yeah, you know, we got to talk about deliverability in Mexico with margaritas not that long ago. I don't know if we—that's true. I think we talked about that a little bit on here, but I think so yeah, we got to um, have our convert kit team retreat in what was that January, February, <laughs> January, January, and Melissa and I met for the first time, which is just insane, and I know. got to like talk about deliverability by the ocean in the pool with margaritas. It was honestly a dream. So this is a last minute
0: thing or like a last
1: before we talk about all the
0: deliverability mm-hmm. stuff. But like we'll get to see each other three times this year. That's so crazy. Oh my God.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I'm so excited. I know. Me too. So we have Boise, Idaho, which Everyone listening to this, so you should go buy your tickets to Craft & Commerce. Melissa and I will be there. We'll be talking about deliverability. And I'm sure yeah. we'll be drinking a margarita at some point. So yes. if you want to drink margaritas with us <laughs> or talk about deliverability, um, go to Craft and & Commerce. And then I'm sorry you're not invited to Paris <laughs> for the convergent <laughs> Company Retreat in the fall. But I can't wait to see you in Paris. That's going to be really fun. I know.
0: It's just so crazy.
1: Do you know any French?
0: I took French for seven years. What? Actually, I know. It's a hidden thing. I haven't used it in a very long time. It's just one of those things where I started learning when I was in third grade. Wow. So all the French that I learned when I was in elementary school is like so in my mind. But the stuff that I learned in high school is really rusty. So
1: that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I definitely can't speak it fluently by any means, but I know a lot of words. (laughs)
1: That's really good. I thought I was going to be impressive because I've done it like Duolingo, like two lessons. And I was like, wow, you know, look at me. I know a few words, but no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey, that's still pretty good. It's, yeah.
1: I need to do it more. It's nice
0: to know something. I think I'm going to do it too, actually, just to kind of refresh. But you know what? All bets are off when you go to whatever country you go to and people start speaking in their like native language. And you're like, I can't understand. Like you're stressed because you just want to do a good job. Yeah. And you just want to, you want to like feel like you can talk about things. And they start talking and you're like, it just goes out the window because you're like, I forgot. I forgot everything.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine. For some reason, Thomas, my husband, it was so weird. We went on our honeymoon to Costa Rica. And like, I think he took, you know, like a year or two of Spanish in high school. He's never, he knows a few words, like what Mm -hmm. we're saying. And he had the opposite experience. Like we went to Costa Rica and people start talking to us in Spanish. And he just like, Knows everything they're saying and it starts speaking to them. And he's like, oh. and he doesn't even know how he's doing it. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. And they were all complimenting him. They're like, oh, your Spanish is so good. And he like hasn't spoken Spanish in years and just That's like wild. Had a regular high school. I know. So I'm jealous. Um and I need him to start learning French so that he'll know yeah. how to speak French. Yeah. Anyways, um, I guess we'll get to it. So (laughs) we're going to talk about the promotion staff today, which we've talked about several times on this podcast. But I think this time will be a little more interesting because I'm going to share something with you all that I've never shared with anyone that doesn't work at ConvertKit. And it's something that I kind of thought I was going to keep like top secret for myself, but I'm feeling vulnerable today. And I'm feeling like I can trust (laughs) our listeners with this information and they're not going to judge me. And I have some information to share about the promotions tab. I'm like, should I keep teasing it or should I just get into it? What do you think, Melissa? I don't know.
0: Maybe we should tease it a little. Let's okay. Let's talk about the just general, you know, promotion tab yeah. information and then make people hopefully stay and listen to this episode <laughs>
1: longer. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Yeah. So the promotions tab is a hot topic. I feel like there is a lot of information out there for the most part from deliverability experts that's very straightforward that says like you can't do anything about the promotions tab. It's a tab in Gmail where if an email is promotional in nature, it is possible, that, very likely possible, whatever, that it will land in that promotions tab, which is still a part of the inbox, by the way. It's just basically a different little section of the inbox that's supposed to be specific so that it keeps your one-to-one email separate from your promotional emails. It's supposed to make the user experience better for people like you and I who are users of Gmail.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I know as a sender, a lot of senders get really frustrated when their message lands in the promotions tab. And definitely not saying that's crazy. You know, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I send newsletters too. And when it goes to the promotions tab, it can be, you know, sometimes buried. If someone isn't looking in their promotions tab very often, they might not notice yours in the sea of promotions in the same way that they would notice it if it went to their primary tab. Because when an email goes to someone's primary tab, if they have the app installed on their phone, they're going to get a ping about it on their phone. It's going to be, you know, right there where the part of their inbox where they're trying to get to inbox zero and clear out their inbox. So Mm -hmm. there is a better chance your email will get opened and seen if it goes to the primary tab. However, like Melissa was saying. There's no way to stop Gmail from doing this. And it is the thing that your subscribers have set up. So they've chosen to have the primary tab Mm -hmm. and the promotions tab. They can toggle that off if they want to. So if your subscribers didn't want that set up, they could change it. But if they have it set up that way, that's how they want it. And they have the ability to change, you know, if your emails land in their promotions tab and they don't like that, they can drag it to primary and make sure that your messages go to their primary tab in the future. So it's sort of on a sender's end, kind of letting go of control yeah. and allowing your subscribers to make their inbox work the way they want it to, giving them the freedom to do that. We also don't really have much of a choice. Yeah. So um, it's kind of just getting into a different mindset. Yeah, exactly. Switching your thought process. I think
0: something too that's like hard is we, we senders typically like wrap up their, all of their, their work and like their worth into open rates. And so if your open rates seem lower because a lot of your messages are going to the promotions folder, that's like a hard thing to accept. But it means the good news is, is it means you, you don't have a reputation issue. Like you're not necessarily doing something, you know, wrong that's causing your emails to go to the spam folder, which can be much harder to recover from. So I think it is, it's, Definitely about switching your mindset a little bit and saying like this isn't ideal. Maybe it's not the thing I would choose to have happen. But the good news is is that there's a lot of really bad things that can happen to your domain reputation, and and so having your emails in the promotions tab is definitely not like the worst problem to have.
1: Yep, exactly. And I think a lot of people are like, well, my email is not promotional, or why is Gmail doing this, or whatever. And so it's important to remember that as you know, with most things in technology right now. It's controlled by an algorithm. And that algorithm, obviously, we don't know everything that's behind it. That is proprietary to Gmail. Mm-hmm. But we can assume that there is some machine learning happening. And with machine learning, you know, we use machine learning in at ConvertKit so that we can spot any accounts that might be sending spam, things like that. It's all about training mm-hmm. the machine with content. So basically, what happens is Gmail is using likely, I'm speculating, signals to send to their machine learning to train it. So that means if, for example, in a, mo- a basic example of machine learning, if there are a bunch of people sending promotional emails that for some reason are all using the word purple, <laughs> then your non-promotional email that uses the word purple might look promotional because the Mm -hmm. machines are like, oh, here's a trend. This follows this trend. That's a very basic, yeah, kind of like overview of machine learning. It's way more complex than that, but just so you know, it's not a human looking and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, this email has an ad in it. Let's put in promotions." This email is not promotional. Let's put it here. It's all being done by an algorithm and machine learning. It's not perfect. It's going to have false positives, and that's why, yeah, I wouldn't get too hung up. One of the reasons I wouldn't get too hung up on where your email goes because those things are just never going to be perfect.
0: Right. So some things that, you know, we we are saying, like, there's not really anything you can necessarily do to, like, ensure that your emails aren't going to go to the promotional tab. But there are some things that you can work on that just make you a better sender in general mm-hmm. to help maybe avoid that from happening, which would be something like making sure that you have really good content that is, you know, unique and maybe feels more one-to-one is... You know, trying to encourage engagement with your subscribers, asking them questions, asking them to respond, those kinds of things. Your domain reputation is another thing that's important. Just again, these are just things that in general you should be thinking about if you want to follow best practices. What other things can you think of, Alyssa?
1: Yeah, asking for replies is a huge one. So, one of the ways you can make your emails look more like transactional, like they belong in the primary tab, is if you're getting a lot of replies to your messages. That's telling Gmail like, oh, this is kind of more of a conversation and um, less promotional. So that's always great. And if you're able to reply to people who are replying to you, I definitely would do that. Just mm-hmm. to keep up the engagement, the relationship with your subscribers. That's always really good. Another thing is to pay attention to the links in your emails. I think that can just make a difference on whether mm-hmm. your email is seen as really promotional or not. We've talked about how bit.ly links mm-hmm. are not recommended or other link shorteners because the reputation of those domains is shared with anyone else using the system. right? And spammers love link shorteners too. So you definitely don't want them to impact the reputation of that link shortener and then you use it in your email. And, you know, like you said, keeping your domain reputation healthy by cleaning your list, sending to really engaged subscribers. Those are all great ways to influence primary tab placement. Obviously not guaranteed, but just a good way to sway, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. primary tab placement. And another thing is to tell your subscribers in your welcome email or your incentive email, confirmation email, whenever they sign up to a form that they can drag your email from the promotions tab to the primary tab if they want to receive it there. So I've noticed a lot of people telling their subscribers that. And I do think, mm-hmm. you know, if someone just signed up for your newsletter and they are so excited to read it, there's a good chance they will be eager to drag your message over to the primary tab.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite pieces of advice to give senders because I think people kind of underestimate. They almost feel like it's like they're trying to be someone else on the other side of the email. Like I'm a professional, like person and this is my newsletter or whatever. And I think they underestimate the senders can underestimate the effectiveness of just being honest with your subscribers and saying, Hey, it would really help me out. It would help you out. If you want to receive this email to like do these things in order to get that email into your inbox. So I think that's really good advice.
1: Yeah. I guess I can share my, um, (laughs) my big secret now and what I learned from it. Cause I think, I think it's worth it for you all to learn what I've learned and Mm -hmm. So basically, I'll just take you through the story. You know, Melissa and I have always said all the things we're saying right now about the promotions tab and have really encouraged senders to embrace the promotions tab. Don't try and game the system. Yeah. But I guess I was just feeling experimental (laughs) sometime. And I was talking to a pretty large creator who uses ConvertKit. And by large, I mean like their audience size, obviously. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of subscribers and they have a really great newsletter. And most of the time it goes to the primary tab, Mm -hmm. but they were starting to see some promotion tab placement and it did have a pretty big impact on their open rates when that happened, like we talked about. So I was just feeling experimental. Obviously, I gave them all the information about like, you know, you got to embrace this. It's the way it is. But I also was like, oh, I want to test some things out. Mm -hmm. So I started doing this. And basically, my process, I would duplicate the email that was going to primary. And I would run so many tests. The way I started doing it was I would go down to the bottom of the message. I don't know why I did this. So um, I'm sure there (laughs) are many other ways to test this. But my method was going to the bottom of the message and basically removing a paragraph at a time. So I'd remove the bottom paragraph. And send myself a test to a Gmail address. Mm-hmm. And if it went to promotions, I would do the same thing. Remove another paragraph from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I had to slightly change the subject line every time in order to get results. So I would just change. I would be like subject line one, subject line two, you know, and so on. Until I got it together to the primary tab, mm-hmm. which I normally would get it to go to the primary tab. But I wanted to figure out which exact paragraph made that happen. Right. So then I would try to like slowly add back in other content. I was going to say, so you were adding eventually back in. Yes. Mm -hmm. To try and pinpoint exactly what it was that caused the email to land in the promotions tab. And usually I would say like 80 to 90% of the tests I ran, I was able to get the message to go to primary. So then I was like, what if there was a tool I had that that did this? You know, just curious. I was like Mm -hmm. doing some research, might've had an engineer, (laughs) um, build a tool that would do this, but I learned a lot from it and the tool no longer exists because it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't work. Yeah. So, um, and I can explain more, but some good insights that came out of this. Number one, I tested content across ESPs. So I would use the exact same content email and I would send it from ConvertKit. I think I tried also Beehive and MailChimp and same placement based on, you know, no matter which ESP it was, if it went to promotions at ConvertKit, that same exact email went to promotions on Beehive or MailChimp Mm -hmm. in my test. So I thought that was really interesting if I got the email to go to primary and then I tested other ESPs, it also went to primary there. So it seems like it's very, very heavily content-based. Mm-hmm. Whether Gmail decides to place the message in promotions or primary. So that's important to note. Second, whenever I did like pinpoint the thing that made the message go to mm-hmm. the primary tab, it was a hundred percent of the time shocking. Like you would have never in a million years spotted it yourself and did it because it makes no sense. So that just goes to show how crazy the algorithm is and it's not worth trying to chase it down. But just to get more specific, so this newsletter sender actually started putting some ads in their newsletter. So... Any regular human looking at the message like you or I would be like, oh, it's the, ad. the ads are making it. Yeah. Go to promotions. So yeah. And this the creator would say that. They're like, oh, yeah, I added an ad. That's probably it. Nope. I would, um, you know, take up ad, still go to promotions. So every time I tested for this creator and I figured out what made it happen, it was like a random sentence that was not promotional at all. Sometimes at one time it was a quote, like an inspirational quote I removed in that guard of it. Other times it's often like just a random sentence in a paragraph that is not promotional. It's like, mm-hmm. and then I took my son to the park and it's like, <laughs> that changed it. So right. I think that's important to note. Like the primary promotions tab placement algorithm isn't a human. Right, The things that you are probably like, if you're trying your best to optimize your emails to go to primary based on content, yeah, who knows if you're actually doing what the robots <laughs> want you to do. Right it's funny because it's we talked about like sometimes
0: there's false positives, but we don't know what's happening on the back end. So like for all we know, maybe there is there probably is a rhyme and reason for why that specific sentence was. Mm -hmm. It's so complex. And like you said, it's changing all the time. So I think that's like where people kind of have to let go of control is that the amount of volume of emails that are sent and received through Gmail I can't even imagine the amount of data that's being processed by these algorithms. So it's not surprising to me Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways that like a random sentence could be the reason and not the ad. Because if it was the ad, then everyone would know how to. Right. Then the promotions tab, I don't think would work the way it was supposed to, I guess, which sounds kind of not intuitive. But I feel like Mm -hmm. it's also trying to make sure that people aren't abusing anything in Gmail. So I'm wondering if that's the other reason why it's not super obvious to us mm, because, interesting. yeah, I don't know. Like maybe it would be easier for people to find other ways around like spam filters and that kind yeah. of thing. So that's just like yeah. something I just thought of. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's hard to know, but that's a good point. Yeah. So another thing that I learned is just that the algorithm is changing constantly. So that's one of the reasons why this tool ended up not working and not being worth it because there would be times where I would test for this person. And again, they have, I think, a a weekly newsletter that's very consistent, like same format. It's very text-based. And sometimes I would remove a sentence and it would go to primary. But then there would be some weeks where I basically had to remove everything Mm -hmm. for it to even go to primary. And it was like, they just wanted to have a single sentence in the email and then it would go to primary, but that's obviously not doable. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, it's just not even worth it to try and figure things out. And then there were some other times where, I mean, nothing. I think I ended up sending a blank email once and it went to promotions and I'm like, okay. yeah. And that doesn't happen often, but it just felt like Gmail's algorithms were different every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's like chasing just something forever and ever and ever that's it's not you're never going to catch it so right but I do think you know it's not a tool I'm using anymore and it's not like a process I'm going through anymore but I learned a lot from it and I think that there are some good insights to learn so that's again number one for the most part ESP it doesn't seem like mattered in any of my testing. Mm-hmm. As long as, of course, like those ESPs have a reputable, reputable, right. you know, sending infrastructure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have any major deliverability issues. It seemed like in my testing, the promotions placement was very, very content-based. And again... There was no rhyme or reason to the content. It wasn't what you would think. It wasn't the actual promotional content that caused it to go to primary. It was usually something so random that would be impossible for you to spot on your own. And at that point, it's just silly if you're in there trying to remove random sentences to try and land in primary. And then there are weeks where it was extremely just unpredictable. And there was no beating the algorithm, like no matter what you did. So I think that's important to note is just that it's really not worth it. And there, if you do like figure out something, you're like, oh, I'm getting to primary now. I changed this one thing. Yeah. It's going to change because that's the nature of algorithms. Matter of time. Exactly.
0: Well, I think it, it seems like it helped you feel confident in like, you know, a lot of deliverability experts say the same things that we do. And that in itself is kind of helpful to feel like, you know, we're not just, I feel like sometimes the saying, Oh, there's nothing we can do. Like, that's a really hard thing for us, because it feels very helpless. And we know that it can be like a frustrating answer to get. And no one really like in a general support kind of environment, nobody ever wants to have that be an answer. But this is a very specific case where this doesn't have to necessarily do with like where you're sending from, per se, it has to do more with how Gmail is responding to your email. Which helps me feel confident in my response to people too, because just there is nothing we can
1: do. Yeah, and I really like looping it back to what you said earlier that although it might hurt your open rates or you know mm-hmm. the ability for your audience to see your emails, which is such yeah, it can be frustrating and a bummer. It's important to know what you said earlier, which is this to Gmail is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. This is still the inbox. It's not the spam Mm -hmm. folder. If you were having deliverability problems, you would be in the spam folder. This is still the inbox. And it's actually Gmail just trying to give their users a better experience, which we all want our subscribers to be happy. Gmail wants our subscribers to be happy. So I would highly recommend doing the things you can control that we talked about earlier, which is focusing on really great content, great subject lines that aren't Mm -hmm. gimmicky, but they are captivating, you know, and make you want to open. Building a relationship with your subscribers so that they do want to search through their promotions tab for your email and open it. That's the big thing. If you're sending valuable content regularly that people on your list are excited about, Mm -hmm. when they see your name pop in the promotions tab, they will want to open it and make sure that you tell them how to drag it over to primary. So that would be, if I were you, that would be my main focus.
0: Yeah. And I guess for those who are maybe in the ad space, if you're, you know, starting to do that in your own newsletter, maybe you have a paid advertiser who wants to run an ad placement in your newsletter, something to keep in mind, like if you have to show open rate data to that, that advertiser, just to focus on those things you can do next instead of, you know, worrying about the open rate necessarily, which I know can be difficult. Like I'm not saying that that's not a hard thing if you're working with an advertiser, but kind of like presenting the information in that way. And also just making sure that if you are deciding to run ads, that those ads align with maybe your audience and that you can be a little bit more like unique in your how your strategy aligns with how you respond to your audience and that kind of thing. So if you are someone that's concerned about ad sales or whatever, that would be, I think, a, a comment I would make about that. So
1: Yeah. So I hope we gave you some good steps at least to better understand the promotions tab for you to know. We're not just over here saying like, oh, you can't do anything. Like we're yeah. we're looking into it too. We're curious about things and testing things. And we ran some experiments for you. And I mean, I have, I ran a lot of experiments. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, I just tested this a few times. Here's what I saw. Mm-hmm. I've sent probably thousands of emails testing this at this point. Some manually, some through an automated tool. And I think that that was some good data, some good learnings. Mm-hmm. I feel like I better understand Gmail's algorithm. And I'm even more convinced right. to focus on what you can control and not to lose sleep over where your email is placed mm-hmm. if it's primary versus promotions.
0: I also will say, I do think there there are a lot of opinions and a lot of closed like comment threads, and that kind of thing about deliverability with deliverability experts, and people who work in the deliverability space. And the one area that I see people aligning on opinion wise, the most often usually is the promotion tab. So I think, you know, knowing that and also knowing your experience that also kind of helps make me feel like pretty supported in this theory about there's not
1: much you can do. Exactly. And that's uh, one of the reasons I kept this (laughs) top secret for a while is just that um, yeah, I definitely didn't want anyone to think that I was like trying to build a tool for spammers to get around the promotions tab because that's definitely not what it was. But I did want to learn more about what was going on, run some experiments. And that tool is not available for use even for myself anymore just because it honestly wasn't. Wasn't working because Gmail's algorithm is so unpredictable. So right. at least hopefully that can help you all to have more peace with it. It helped a lot with that customer I was working with because they were struggling a lot with yeah. the idea that their messages were going to the promotions tab. And once I showed them all of this testing, you know, sending the email 50 different ways, trying to get it primary, mm-hmm. I think that finally were like, okay, I see now. Like, yeah, there is no figuring this out, getting around it. Yeah, it's just the way it is. My best friend
0: and I have this ongoing joke now that when we learn something really new or interesting that affects our lives, we say, oh, the more you know. So I think that's applicable to the situation. The more you know. For sure.
1: Well, I hope everyone has a great week. We... Oh, I just... Real quick. If anyone made it this far. (laughs) I haven't told you this yet, but we got a reply from someone. They wrote to our Instagram and it was so funny. And I've been oh, meaning to uh, share with you. I'm nervous. <laughs> Let me pull it up. <laughs> no, it was great. <laughs> so if anyone wants to um, write to us on Instagram, it's Deliverability deliverabilitydefined on Instagram. We have gotten some DMs from y'all and they're great. But I want to share this one. I don't know if he wants me to share his full name, so I'll just say Chris. Thank you, Chris, for... For messaging us, he said. (laughs) So just listening to your most recent podcast about horror stories. One that comes to mind, I used to work for a hospitality firm, owned a lot of restaurants, bars, etc. Anyway, oh my god. The pre-header the marketing managers insisted on was the most instagrammable Christmas cocktails. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. All I'll say is (laughs) it got cut off somewhere and I'll let you guess where it got cut off. Oh. And I'll say it again, just so you can imagine. The most Instagrammable (laughs) Christmas cocktails. (laughs) That was... (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. So that got cut off. Yeah. And he said, funny enough, really high open rates. (laughs) that
0: (laughs) is hysterical oh that's Uh, such a good one i wish more people would share if you have a story like that please share because that is too good
1: yes please share really anything honestly even if it's not email related just tell us funny things but (laughs) i loved that so hopefully that gave you all a good laugh thank you for sharing chris yes thank you chris okay and with that i hope you all have a great rest of your week i'll see you next time bye bye Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.